Hi, I'm Matt Madsen, a Spanish teacher in Clovis, California, and I am a proud member of the EdTech Army. You can reach out to me at Senor Madsen, S-E-N-O-R-M-A-D-S-E-N, -E -E on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I am Matthew Madsen. Anyways, proud member of the EdTech Army and spreading the word. Go Sons of Technology podcast. Welcome to the Sons of Technology Clubhouse. Ditch your fear at the door, take a risk, and enjoy the ride with your hosts, Joe Marquez and Kyle Anderson. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Sons of Technology, the podcast. And you know what? The doctor is in because today, after a long summer and I'll tell you, a long two weeks uh, leading into this new year, we need a little therapy session. In fact, we're going to call this PD because we need to vent. We as tech coaches or, and, and as, as uh, ed tech uh, consultants, just people who are trying to make the best of this situation, trying to make the best situation for our kids, the best experience for our kids and our staff, We've come into some roadblocks. We've come into stumbling blocks. We've come into situations that we didn't think would be here. We've come into situations where, you know, we have some old school administrators trying to fit a face-to-face -face model into a distance learning model. We, we are, we, and, and it's some of the things we don't understand and some of the things we're pushing back on and some of the things we're just questioning and we need to let it out. And, and Kyle, you, you brought this a section up of like the unexpected circumstances that are coming in the unexpected roadblocks that we're coming into and and i'm thinking of it as you know every morning um i talk to some great friends on marco polo you know, joey bradford you're you're two of them and 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 we we talk about all these things and we talk and we we say and we speak our minds and like we we need to do an episode like this we, we need people to see um, that, that, that us who are posting things on Twitter that are posting things, we're thinking about this all the time. It's not just little sound bites we're trying to get out there. We're actually going through these things and, and talking through these things and dealing with these things. And we, we, we want people to see that it's real and raw and that, that, that we are in the same boat as everybody else. So that's basically what today's episode is about. A nice venting session. Other people would use another word than venting, but I'm going to use venting. And it's just a nice way for us to just release a little bit. And hopefully listeners, you'll be listening along going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And hopefully that will give you a little bit of, of, of um, you know, self-acceptance. Like, okay, I'm not alone in this. But before we get started, let's go ahead and introduce our amazing panel today, our amazing members of the EdTech Army. So I'll introduce myself first. My name is Joe Marquez. I am the Director of Academic Innovation for Q. I'm, so, I'm still excited when I, when I say that. Um, yep, and, and Adam is wearing his Q shirt representing. Um, and, but as always, I'm an educator out of the Central Valley of California. And just love education and, and love you, the listeners. And as always, my partner in innovation, Kyle Anderson. Hello, everybody. Kyle Anderson from Las Vegas, special education teacher. You can find me on Twitter at Anderson EdTech. Same thing for Instagram. 
AndersonEdTech.net is my blog, and then my book, To the Edge, Successes and Failures Through Risk-Taking, available on Amazon and BarnesandNobles.com. And you mentioned that, yes, we were kind of talking about this topic here for today. It was kind of based a little bit on a blog post that I recently wrote. I'll get into that more here in a few moments because we got some others that are with us on the panel today. Uh, first off, we've got Atticat is back for the first time in a while. So introduce yourselves, please. Uh, I'm Catherine Goyette, and uh, I'm currently uh, in my day job, an ed tech consultant for a county office. And um, we also are um, co-authors of, of an upcoming book that'll be out in a few weeks here. About six weeks, I think. Yeah, probably. We'll see. Um, so that's exciting. The Complete Ed, uh, ed Tech Coach. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, I'm on Twitter at cat underscore Goyette. And uh, my uh, website's wonderexploredlearn.com. Well, I'm Adam Waters, a uh, grade 612 ed, uh, ed tech integration coach for Cutler Rossi Joint Unified School District out here in rural central California, not too far away from Joe. Um, <clears throat> again, uh, excited about that book coming out. And uh, again, it's the uh, Complete Ed Tech Coach and Organic Approach to Digital Learning. That's the uh, title as of now. We just got our um, cover art uh, pretty much approved so it's th this is happening so we're excited and I uh, can't wait for this it's been a um, it's been a, a lot of anticipation so looking forward to this and uh, see what the, what the next steps are so Adam you sent me four pictures of four possible cover arts yeah. um, which one did you pick? don't don't tell me the, the color or anything because you sent me four of them <laughs> which one did you pick one two three or four well the one that we kind of initially we're we're uh, thinking about was number three. Well, we we like different each. We each yeah, like different that, ones. That's kind actually. of the one we, we we initially liked, but you know, you and the, a lot of the other people that we sent it to, number one, the one that you that that you recommended was the most popular choice amongst all our little focus group. So, looks like number one is going to be the one that we're going to be going with. Oh, I like that. So from now on, when you tell that story, say, Joe, the one you chose is the one we selected. I think that would be there we go. <laughs> a good story. <laughs> it's, it's Joe Marquez proof. There you go. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about that book. You go, you two are amazing and, and uh, your, your, uh, your passion for coaching and, 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 and helping people through situations is amazing. So everybody's going to enjoy that book. I guarantee it. Joey, Joey, second time joining us here on in, in the clubhouse. Joey, please introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. Joey Kirkland. I am a science and technology instructional specialist in the SciFair ISD school district in Houston, Texas. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kirkland underscore edu. Excellent. And and for the first time, for the first time, Bradford, please introduce yourself. Well, yes, I'm happy to be here. It's 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 been a long time coming. Uh, I'm Bradford Harris. Hi, how's everybody doing? I'm Ed Tinker on Twitter. I am the coordinator of digital innovation in Houston, Texas for Aldean ISD. Um, you can also find me on the eSports EDU chat uh, on Twitch on Thursdays. Uh, I'm in the Central Time, 6.30, where we talk about everything in eSports as well. So I just want to kind of plug that in, but I'm super excited to be here on this topic uh, today because this has been weighing on my heart 
for about a few months. So I'm ready to dive in. Ready to dive ex, in. Ex, and, and, and Bradford, I knew you would. When, when, cause when, whenever, we, whenever we post to our Sons of Technology channel and say, hey, this is our topic for the week. Remember, anybody who wants to join may do so. I knew you would want to join, Bradford. So I'm glad you are here, absolutely. And because today we're venting, right? We need to. We need to let things, sometimes we hold it in you know, we try to toe the line. We say, you know what, if we just, if, if we understand what they want, but if we just keep our mouth shut and kind of, you know, uh, steer it from the inside, maybe we can get it the way that we want. But sometimes bottling it up is just so frustrating. We need to let it out. So I hope you guys can let it out today. And I want to start because I was venting about this yesterday when, when one of my friends sent me um, teacher and student expectations for his school district. And in it, it said that it is expected that the face-to-face -face dress code of the campuses must be enforced in the distance learning environment, in the Zoom environment. And I said to them, well, we have to think of this differently, right? We have to think of this differently because I understand, I mean, I don't agree with all the dress codes of face-to-face -face environments, right? If you have to take out a ruler to determine if a dress code is in dress code or not, I think that's completely fallible. But in a distance learning environment, we are not inviting the students into our Zoom room. We're, they are inviting us into their home. They are inviting us into their safe spot. We can't tell them how to dress in their safe spot. We can't do that. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that, that there, there won't be some expectations. Like, you're not going to be wearing a shirt right here that says F you, teacher, right? I mean, that's just unacceptable. Be like, hey, look, we just can't have that. But if they're going to wear a hat, don't make a big deal out of it. If they want to wear a hoodie, don't make a big deal out of it. If they want to have a mohawk for the moment, don't make a big deal out of it. The biggest, the biggest celebration is that they're there. The biggest celebration is that they made it, that they're in front of you. Whether the, It doesn't matter how they look in front of you people. We need to have a little bit of empathy and grace and understanding. We shouldn't be worrying what's on their head. We should be more worried if they have something in their belly. A lot of our students go to school to get fed and they may not have that right away. So they're not focusing on wearing a hat. So stop berating them for wearing a hat. Ask them, how are you doing today? Because in, 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 that, in that expectation is that the first thing you should do when a student enters the room is make sure they're in dress code. And I'm like, no, what? The first thing you should do when they enter your room is say, hello, how are you? How are you doing? That's what should be done. And I'm not saying they meant it that way, but it sounds like it. And I, I said to my friend, I go, okay, well, what if a student goes, you know, he's, they're, at, they're at home um, and they want to wear what they want to wear. So what if they just turn their camera off? Oh, then we mark them absent. I was like, what? They are in the room. Just because they don't want to show their face, you're going to mark them absent? That is ridiculous to me. Students are shy. And the moment they enter your Zoom room, you are a stranger to them. You are a stranger. Are you going to be completely acceptable of showing a stranger your house? No. So build the community. Have the conversation. Build their confidence. Build trust. And then they will want to turn on their camera. We cannot force them to do something they don't want to do. You're telling me you're going to force a child to show their face on the internet because of your rules? To me, that is unacceptable. Well, I'll tell you what, 
um, like I told you guys yesterday, um, I was going through some stuff, and I'm sure all of us were going through some stuff these past couple of months, but specifically um, the uh, this week. And yesterday, I just did not want to be on camera, whether it was a meeting or whatever. I just I was in no mood to just show my face. Uh, and as I was talking to Joe and Joe yesterday, I was like, ooh, crap. I look like a hot freaking mess. My beard was just not on point. Now, now look, my beard is on point today because I had to make sure it was on point today. But like, um, I just did not, I didn't want to be bothered. Like everything was way, like, look, Kyle's like fixing his beard right now. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just didn't want it. I didn't, I didn't, I'm, we're all grown people. And, you know, there's some things that, of course, that, are expected for us we're, we're expected to be on camera sometimes but yesterday i was like i'm not having it i don't want to be on i don't want to i don't i don't want to be talking to people seeing people talk to people. but you're going to hear me i'll respond i'll chat with you but i just don't want to do it right now i don't want to be looking my best right now that's my right it's my house it's my network it's my camera it's my device but I'm still here and I can still respond to you. And I, I, I think that's just, you know, my, my right. And when Joe said that, I mean, I felt, and I will say here in this group and I'll say for everybody out there, I felt like somebody uh, is telling me when you said, what did you say, Joe, in, in Marco Polo? Uh, you had to get up and twirl around. I felt like some, 50 year old man and and I was like some little girl watching me twirl around what 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 I had gone gone like some kind of pedophile that felt nasty and violated to me I'm sorry no no ma'am no sir you don't have to do that and I even said it in the Marco Polo where's the media release um you have to sign something I am below 18 years old and I even went in further Okay, some of uh some of us we do as a parent. Yes, for my for my seventeen year old son. Yes, I did sign something off. So some district will say, "Well, guess what? You did technically sign something." Okay, yes, my bad. But as a parent, I can go back and retract that. Well, no, I don't want it. So now what? He doesn't have to be on camera. He doesn't have to be shown on Twitter. He doesn't have to be shown on anything. So now what? He can respond to you in a chat. So that is not required. This is my house. This is my network. This is, I pay for all of this stuff. And so if you don't mark, if you mark him absent or if he is in trouble, what are you going to do? What, what's going to happen if he's in trouble in my house? What's going to happen? What, 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 are the, what are the rules? And then if you do come back on, most of us come back on September 8th. I know I do. I just found that out. Um, when we do come back in the brick and mortar setting, what are you gonna do to my kid? I better not find out you're gonna do something to my kid when they weren't on camera weeks ago. Come on now, when they have A's and B's in your classroom and they've been productive, what are you gonna do? And then furthermore, and I'm sorry, I'll keep monopolizing uh, conversations because you know I went in yesterday. I said, furthermore, let's keep it real, ladies and gentlemen. When you have these young boys and girls crawling and going to the bathroom, hey, uh, uh, hey, Joe, let's go in the bathroom. You know what these little boys and little girls do? And they take those Instagram pictures, those Twitter pictures, and it's not appropriate. And they do something that, you know, is not cool. And what do they do? They get suspended, so to speak. 
but it's not that hardcore. They're just, you know, go to go to your sack or go to whatever, and you're 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 pretty much done for a little bit, but then you come back. Why is this any different? Why is this so hardcore that your child must be on camera? My own daughter, who has graduated from virtual learning, this is something different now. She was a virtual student for three years. She was not required to be on camera. She Yes, she had to have other requirements. She must be on the network. She must have a print. She must have all these things. But she was never ever required to be on camera. She had to respond in chats, but there was not a requirement at all. So I don't know where this is coming from that you must get on camera, you must get up and stand up and twirl around and let me see your haircut, let me see what you got on. Um, parents, you must have a uniform on. Come on, people, way too much. This is COVID. That's another thing that my child was saying everything. This is COVID. Um, at this point, Technically, you're saving money by not having to go out and buy supplies and clothes and having to wash every single day. This is actually the good side of this. Financially speaking, I don't have to do all of this extra anymore. Um, so why are you telling me, District, how to run my house? This is my house. It's my house. Now, if you're going to supply my network, my clothing, all of that stuff, oh, then yes. Uh, uh, even my child's haircut, then we can, we can have a conversation. But until then, you can't do that. My child will get up for you and do your work, but you're not gonna tell me what my child is gonna wear. And what did you say, Joe? If, they, if, it's, a, if it's a FU or a, a, a bra or a technical, then yeah, we, we can talk about that. That's unacceptable. But to get up and say, you can't wear this, and this is inappropriate or you, your camera must be on? Absolutely not. Yeah, Absolutely okay. not. Like Adam was saying earlier, like if you're, if you're wearing a, like a 49ers shirt because that's unacceptable on campus, why would you kick them out of your Zoom? They're at home. It's their shirt. They can wear it. If, if they're wearing a, a Fresno State Bulldog shirt, in, in, in certain schools, Bulldogs are against the rules because there's, there's a gang in Fresno called the Fresno Bulldogs. So you can't wear a Bulldog shirt, even though that's the college mascot for the town. You can't wear it. There's even an elementary school where their mascot is the Bulldogs, right? So you, can you wear a Bulldog shirt because you're at the Bulldogs? And so it just gets odd. All these dress code things are just control. They're control and they mess with kids. I'll tell you, my wife and I went to a particular district here in our town and she still has issues wearing certain clothings because it was so ingrained in her that you shouldn't wear that type of top. You shouldn't wear a top with any strings less than two inches. And she, 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 every time she puts something on, she questions it, thinking she's gonna get in trouble or something like that. That messes with people's minds. And it's not because we're told, dress for the job you want, dress for success, dress for professionalism. I go, guess what? I am a professional. And I wear a biker jacket when I speak to teachers. I wear a shirt with the Grim Reaper on it when I speak to teachers. I have a mohawk on my head when I speak to teachers. And I'm a professional. So you're not telling me what I wear and what I look like determines what I know and who I can, who I can change and who I can talk to. Times have changed, people. And people need to be able to express themselves. 
And when they're at home, they have that very right. And Bradford, just like you said, if, if, a, if someone's wearing a sports bra or something like a, like, a, like a swimsuit, it's inappropriate, that's a conversation you could have individually with that student, right? But don't stop them from coming to your class or feel like they're being piled on be, be, because of it. Get them in. That's our number one priority. Get them into your Zoom. Get them to trust you. Get them to talk to you. Get them to participate right? And when they trust and participate, then they'll listen to you. And then they'll be like, you know what? So I don't cause Mr. Marquez that much trouble. I'm going to wear, you know, something, you know, better. I'm going to, you know, but they might, they do that on their own after you earn their trust. And we need, we need to focus on that too. Are we going to control the kids hundred percent the way we do in a face-to-face? -face? We shouldn't. Do they, are they going to have to raise their hand in a zoom and say, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. I sure hope not. They should be able to turn off their camera and go to the bathroom. But are they going to get in trouble? Oh, how come Sally's camera's off? Sally, you there? Sally, you there? Oh, absent. She left without asking. That is ridiculous, people. That is ridiculous. We have to teach with grace and empathy right now, not create roadblocks to prevent. We need to tear down walls to make it easier for them to get in. And to look to at this in a first. different angle a little bit, when a teacher doesn't enforce it, I tell, I'll tell you straight up right now, if I was in a district like that, I would not enforce this. I have better things to do with my time and energy than to enforce a dress code virtually or to make sure a student's camera is on even though they're participating. I flat out would refuse to do it. Okay, would I be vocal about it and tell my principal, no, I'm not doing it? Probably not. I'm not going to cause trouble about it, but I'm going to play by the whole what they don't know won't kill a mantra. So if I'm in my classroom, my virtual classroom, and I'm not enforcing this thing, who's really going to know unless I flap my gums about it? Okay, but what's going to happen though, I can already see this happening, is in some of these districts that are going to do this, you're going to have administrators that are going to pop in to Zoom calls, and they're going to see that a student's camera's not on or that a student is quote unquote dressed inappropriately or whatever it is, what's gonna to happen to that teacher for not enforcing it? And that, uh, that is absolutely ridiculous as well. Because again, you have better things to do to spend your time and energy in educating in this virtual environment. It's hard enough as it is to teach virtually without having to pile on these ridiculous things that some districts are starting to do. So I'm just gonna leave it at that because I know there's others that have their two cents that they wanna share as well, but that, that's, that's what I'm afraid of as well. Kids are gonna get punished for this and so are educators for not enforcing it. Like with Justin earlier, he talked about the word, uh, you know, giving, uh, extending grace. That's a word that's been kind of gone viral in, our, in my district. Um, and I'm glad that like our, our admin have been actually been starting every kind of meeting and saying, well, we're going to give everybody grace right now because it's like we're building the airplane while, while we're still in the air. And, you know, and the, the, I, I'm glad that we're actually kind of using that as a, as a, as our mantra right now, because, you know, some of the, the, the all that, that dress code policy and other ones right now, it, it's a one size fits all approach. And when before COVID that wasn't a good idea and it's even worse and more magnified now in distance learning. We can't, it needs to be a case by case basis. You know, um, I mean, I have a degree in history, and one of my favorite classes was uh, 
was in my ancient philosophy class and learned about Socrates and, and, and his whole idea of the philosopher king and how a philosopher king will, will take it, everything on a case-by-case -case basis. There's no one-size-fits-all approach. And I'm, I'm actually very, I, I, I'm very fortunate because um, my district um, is having us come work, is, is mandated that we come work in our classrooms, which I don't mind going in there. But they have a policy now that they've, uh, it's kind of a case-by-case -case basis. If you have a special need as far as your babysitting or health reasons, they will hear your case and make accommodations for you. And I, I think I'm actually very fortunate that they're taking that, and I, I really agree. I, I have no problem with the saying, okay, you have to go work in your classrooms. I think that that's, a, that's fine for me. I don't mind doing it. But the fact that they're giving me that, you know, they're going to listen to hear my case and accommodate me, that, that that's the equity piece of it not just this one-size-fits-all approach. And I think that can be applied to, you know, from a, from a school to a district into your individual classrooms. You have to have that case-by-case -case basis. It's, it's not easy. It's going to be a little bit more time-consuming, but it's, it's equitable, and that's the grace that we all need. I, I love that you brought that up, um, Adam, because that, that's a great pivot to another thing, is what about schools that are forcing their teachers to teach distance learning in their classroom and not giving them that choice, right? I mean, because I know that if you weren't given the opportunity to have a choice, to have that, hey, I need this certain day, that could affect you, right? And they need teachers to be in full teaching mode, not worry mode about what's gonna happen to my kids or, or this or that. Or we're hoping that they relax some rules. Like a lot of rules say, hey, teachers, you can't bring your own children in your classroom. But that was in a pre-COVID world. If you're teaching from your classroom to your students at home and your kid needs to have a, someone to watch them, why can't they be sitting in one of the seats doing their own distance learning while you're teaching? Because I've heard some schools say, nope, it's board policy. You can't do that. Be graceful and change it then. It's not like it's written in stone where it can't be changed. Be graceful and change it for the time being, please. Right? And, and then also, you know, teachers, you, we, have to, we, we have to question things too. What is the purpose for teaching in the classroom? What is the purpose? If your purpose is, well, all of your equipment is there and everything that you'll need to be successful is there, then that's one reasoning. If it's because we want to make sure you're at work, that's a culture issue for you and your teachers. You have to, be, you have, to have faith that your teachers are going to do their job and do it well from wherever they are. If you're making them go to, to campus because you're fearful they won't do their job, that is a culture issue. And I am fearful of how those teachers actually teach in a face-to-face -face classroom. Are those teachers that say, read chapter one, here's a worksheet, I'm gonna watch football film until you're done? Are those those teachers that are never called out? So if you're fearful that a teacher's not gonna do their work from home, that has nothing to do with location. That has to do with that teacher. And that's not a single issue that appeared because of COVID. That's an issue that is a cancer in our profession of teachers who do as little work as possible. I'm not saying that's a lot of them. I'm not saying that's you listeners, but I'm saying that's a cancer in our profession is the teachers that don't do the work. All of us should not reap, the, reap, uh, reap what they are sowing. We are professionals. And if we can do our work from home, we should be allowed to work from our home. So I'm saying you should give your teachers a choice. Conversely though, you should not say you're not allowed on campus. You must teach from home. If a teacher wants to teach from their classroom, you should let them teach from their classroom. There's a converse to that. But give them the choice. Give them the choice. And 
case by case basis, Adam, I think that's amazing. What I don't like is a, is a school that would say, okay, if you want to teach from home, you have to give us a doctor's note that shows why. Or if you want to teach from home, you have to, you have to give us, sign this paper of all the reasons that you want to teach from home, right? Because you know what? I shouldn't have to write down, look, I want to visit my mom and dad. That's my, that's my reason. My mom and dad are over 65. I want to visit my mom and dad. And if, if, if I have to go into class, that increases my chance of getting this COVID. And I don't want to visit my mom and dad. Is that good enough reason for you, school, that I want to visit my mom and dad? That may or may not be a good reason for them, but it's a good, good enough reason for me. So we just need to have schools have, you know, Adam, again, a little bit of grace and understanding during this time. And if it's your, if you're making them go to school, if you're making the teachers teach from their classroom because you're afraid they won't do their job, that is a culture issue in your school. And that must be addressed on a teacher by teacher basis. Don't do a blanket statement for all your teachers. So I just wanted to mention that because I was thinking about that when you were talking at them. So anybody, I'd love anybody else to comment on that particular topic about where you're telling the teachers or how they teach as well. Bradford, I know you're doing some recess, which is pretty amazing for yourself, right? But I mean, we need to do these things. Um, yeah, so the position that I, I mean, the, the district level, um, what I know is in myself, and I can only speak for myself, I cannot speak for anybody else. Um, I'm always on the move. So I'm always, it's nonstop. Go, 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 fast, 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 quick, 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 quick. And I noticed that even before COVID, um, I never took time to just stop and just shift gears to do something else. And I knew that it was a problem and I knew that it was affecting personally my health. And so I knew that I had to take back that control. And so when I, when we all had to come home at first, you know, and I still am, I was excited about like, Hey, I'm at home. I can do this. I can do that. This was great. But here's the problem. I'm at home. And this was new to me and I'm in my office and it's great. You know, I got my PlayStation in front of me. I got my, I got my desk here and I'm working. And when I come home, my office is my sanctuary after like, you know, four thirty, five o'clock. So I can just do whatever I want, but now it's eight to five. And, and now it's like, okay, great. What am I going to do? Just go to my bedroom now and go lay down. Now my whole house is my work. And that was the whole issue for me. And now my back is hurting. My legs are hurting. Everything is just hurting. And it was because I just kept going nonstop. And I thought it was a problem. So I had to do something. Like right now my watch is saying it's time to stand up. But, um, but um, I said, okay, I need to really do something about this. Because otherwise, it's, this is going to be a health issue. And any of you guys that follow me on Twitter or whatnot, I always talk about my health regardless. But um, I started putting on my calendar what I call LNR. And one of my coworkers was like, I saw the L. I, I knew that was R. I knew that was lunch, but what was the R? And I said, that's recess. And I said, I've put it for at least for a semester. I had to put in my calendar that I'm going from this time to this time. I'm going to remove myself from the office and I'm going to have my lunch 
and I'm going to have my resets, whether that be walking, playing with my dogs, check on my kids, talk to my wife, just remove myself from the work situation for 45 minutes. But I had to, I had to schedule that time in my Google calendar. And I just went on ahead and, and those of y'all listeners and viewers who know Google, just go on ahead and just put it in your calendar. You just set it for the whole entire year or the whole entire semester, just block it out. And it'll just put it all the way down uh, for the whole year when you make those settings. And I felt that that was important to me because I knew when I get that notification, I need to get up and remove myself. And it's really been working because I tell my, my, my friends who, who talk to me like, yeah, you know, my back's been hurting, my this has been hurting. It's because you're still in the same environment that you're in. All of us digital learning people, we think this is still great because we're at home and we got all of our multiple screens and we got our phones out and we're still mobile, but we're still constantly working. We're not switching and moving to something else. And it's still a problem. Um, so that's why I felt I had to switch gears and say, okay, I'm going to do something else. Notice that when we're, even if we're at work, I don't know if you know, this is Jody, Joey, that, you know, when we're at the, those fluorescent lights, uh, when we're sitting and doing our work, oh God, we just got to just move and just, just do something else. We just automatically do it. We don't think about it. But when we're at home, the lights are just dim. We got the kitchen over there and we're like, oh, well, I can just lean back and I'll just, I can, I'll get up when I feel like it. Or the bathroom's just literally, literally just like two steps away. So everything is not a big deal at home because it's just a couple steps away. But when you see it at work, you know, it's further away. So you, you get up and you make the effort. At home, you don't have to make the effort as much. So at home, before you know it, you get up at eight o'clock and then you blink. Oh, my God, it's four. And you've sat down for eight hours straight. And you're going, oh, my God, I didn't even go to the bathroom. <laughs> it got to the point where my wife would come in and check on me and say, hey, you got to get up. It got to the point where my wife went on Amazon and got me a new chair because my back was hurting and it massages too and everything. And so I had to just take back that control and make that change. And so I'm adapting. Whenever I go back, I'm still adapting that model of shifting gears to where at least give me 45 minutes of doing what I want to do. Why not? We do it at work anyway when we got to take our kids to lunch and we go to the lounge and we cut up and we just talk about adult conversations on um, just, Hey, you know, guess what Tommy did or guess what we're going to do Friday night. You know, we just switched gears a little bit. So yeah, I felt it was so important for me to just, just do that. Otherwise I was going to just <laughs> break down and end up going to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty soon it's gonna be like I mean we're we're not we're we're the the walking's gonna hurt. It's like we're gonna be vampires. You walk outside in the light, we're like, Shh. oh, there's lights. Oh, right? it was so bad. You know, you know. I okay, so yeah, I'm a, I'm the only person of color in this group. But I told my wife, I said, babe, look, like I was showing my neck. I'm like, oh my god, like even as a black guy, like I know I need some sun. And I was, she was like, yeah, babe, you do. I was like, I did. <laughs> I had no idea that I had been cooped up in this house for so long that 
I did not realize that I needed to walk and get some sun. So when I would go on my walks and talk to you guys on Marco Polo, I would go back inside and I'd go, oh my God, I didn't realize how bad it really was that I wasn't getting the proper sunlight that I needed. Yeah, It was very bad. It was very bad. You know, I would love so, to hear from Joey because uh, Joey's sitting over there listening intently. Joey, what do you have to say about, about all of this? We, I mean, we talked about dress code. We talked about teaching from the classroom. We've talked about getting out and getting some exercise. I'd love to hear your thoughts about any of that or anything else that you wanted to talk about. Well, I was going to say, um, kind of talking about, uh, about what Bradford was saying, scheduling that time to go outside, that's important for our students too. You know, our students who are going to be in this blended learning environment, we need to make sure that we're scheduling time where they don't have to be in front of their camera, don't have to be in front of their screen, and are going outside to look at cloud formations, to look at, you know, in a one by one foot by one foot square area, you know, what nature do you see in there? Just something to get that vitamin D in, you know, given the choice, they will sit in front of a screen all day. I was a teenager once. I remember playing Nintendo for hours on end and begging nobody to hit the power button because there's no save option. But you, we need to be able to have that time for the kiddos to, to go outside. With, with the, um, the dress code stuff, for me, it's about relationships. You know, if we want, and it's funny how there, there's parallels between the way that the teachers are reacting to the students with the Zoom stuff and the way that the districts are reacting to the teachers teaching with Zoom. It's about relationships. Get to know your people. You know, as a teacher, know who you're teaching to. You know, if you know that, that's a, a, that you're teaching in a impoverished area and um, you've got students who are, you know, may be on that, that free and reduced lunch and are coming up to the campus to make sure that they get their food, you know, if they don't turn their camera on, again, that's between you and the kiddo. You, you know them. You get to know that relationship. You don't have to sit there, to sit there and, and narc on them. On my district, we have um, they've put out that there's three different ways for students to be counted, quote unquote, here. If they, for a virtual student, if they are in the Zoom meeting, camera doesn't have to be on, they're there. If um, they interact with the, um, we're going to be doing Schoology this year. If they re interact with the content at all, they're counted there. And then if the first two didn't happen, the teacher makes a phone call home to talk to them and they're talking about curriculum, they're counted there. So we're trying to, to give those accommodations and give those um, options to the students. On the flip side, we're not doing that for the teachers. And I, I'm in a unique position to where I can get to see both sides of it. I get to see from the standpoint of, okay, I have to build classes. I have to try and sit these students in here. And my district's huge. We have 116,000 students. You know, oh yeah, we're, we're massive, 91 campuses. And so we can't- Everything's always bigger in Texas. <laughs> yes, yes it is. <laughs> oh, y'all need to come down and visit our Barry Center. It's phenomenal. But um, anyway, um, we can't, we're trying to fit, do a one size fits all model. You know, we're trying to make a general rule for the district. 
but at the end of the day, it's going to be kind of a campus decision. You know, we're encouraging teachers, hey, if you have a if you have a, um, a health concern, you have something, come talk to the principals. You know, let's see what we can do to try and accommodate you. But that part is getting lost in the shuffle in my district. You know, right now we've got a lot of, um, a lot of angry teachers protesting and, and, and talking about, hey, we don't feel safe and you're telling us we have to go back. Yeah, uh, yesterday, Friday, the 14th was the first official day of contract. Um, and we have not been able to set foot on campus since before spring break, you know, March 17th or something like that. And so it's been a while since we've been in there. Teachers were able to go in the last day of campus to, to close out and, and get, their, get their things out and kind of throw stuff in a cabinet. Yesterday, when I was walking around, mask covered and everything, um, I was just trying to introduce myself to the new staff and just seeing kind of what everybody was up to. And the majority of them were cleaning out their classrooms, trying to get stuff set up, trying to move from, hey, I was in this area, now I'm now in this area, trying to move around. And I don't understand how they would be able to do that in, in any other safe way. You know, and that's where a lot of people are, are mad in their protests, being like, oh, we shouldn't have had to be up there. Content-wise, no, we shouldn't have. But... Um, we, we, it's the other stuff that teachers are doing that they have to get done. And so I'm just kind of advocating for talk to, talk to your people, know your people and, and reach out, see what you can do to help. Kyle, you've been quiet relatively this whole time and, and you wrote kind of a blog post about all these unexpected circumstances. I'd love to hear you mention anything about what we already talked about or, or, or some of those unexpected you know, blockers or unexpected circumstances that you've been encountering uh, at the beginning of this year? It's hard to get a word in when you got such great people saying such great things. So it's not about me. So, but, uh, so that's kind of explaining why I've been a little quiet. So, and Joey, I totally get the large school district, not trying to one up you by any means, but my district is 325,000 students with over 400 schools in it. So Nevada is a very unique place where only one school district is allowed by the state constitution per county. So when Clark County, which is where Las Vegas is, is over 2 million people, you have one school district for it. So that's explains why we're so large, but um, yeah. So going back to, I wrote, I wrote a blog post a while back titled when things don't go as planned. And it was based off of a camping trip that I took recently. I really like to take things that are going on in my life or things that are influencing me at times and turn them into educationally relevant blog posts. Uh, and a lot of my blogs on AndersonEdTech.net are like that. This one, we went camping and I'll, I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version was, we left to go camping and got about a hundred miles away from home, stopped to get breakfast and gas. And then long story short, uh, blew the radiator in the vehicle towing the camper. So there goes the camping trip. but. We could have done a whole lot of different things, but ultimately we ended up deciding we rented a car and went to the Grand Canyon and different things anyway. So it wasn't the four day trip at the campground that we intended. It was a two day trip in the roadway in in Williams, Arizona instead, but we made do and still had a lot of fun, even though our trip essentially was quote unquote ruined. 
and it ended up costing a lot more money. So that was an $1,100 shop visit for the vehicle. That, that was terrible. But this is education as a whole. Okay, things are never going to go as they're planned. Okay, you can plan the most perfect lesson ever, and then the kids just don't take to it. Or you're in the middle of students giving presentations through YouTube, and the internet and the school goes down. Or you're in the middle of the best lesson ever, and you got every single one of your students fully engaged, and the alarm goes off for the fire department because they're there to do the, the uh, monthly fire drill, whatever it may be. This whole situation right now that we're in, whether you are fully online, you're a hybrid, or you're going back face-to-face 100%, this is not what we planned. And there's no perfect solution to any situation right now. The, the big thing right now where I'm at, we're fully online, is parents, they're, they're going to struggle to find childcare. I was one of those parents. Okay, I'm going to be working from home. I've got a, a daughter that's going into third grade and my son's starting kindergarten. I wasn't going to be able to stay home and help them out to and work. I'm staying home, but I'm not going to be able to work with them because I'm working myself. And my wife has a job that is going to take her to her office. So we end up, we had to come up with something and we got very lucky and we found a person that is typically a substitute teacher that is going to take them into her home and teach her, teach my kids and a handful of other kids that they're going to have all their lessons. She's going to keep them on track and she's going to give them quote unquote recess time by letting them use her pool. And I mean, we got very lucky with that, but not a lot of parents are going to be as lucky as I am in, in that regard. So what we have to do right now, regardless of the situation, is we, we have to take it in stride. We have to basically realize that it's not what we planned. Not, nothing's going to go perfectly. You're going to have to learn things that you didn't realize you were ever going to have to. Case in point, my district, really my state, the state of Nevada, is that they're mandating that all schools use Canvas now. Many schools throughout Nevada were Google Classroom for the last few years. Well, now all of a sudden we have to use Canvas. So now you've got people that have to learn a brand new platform on top of learning how to teach virtually. So it's it's a nightmare for some people. Okay, it's not a nightmare for me. I've, I even though I never used Canvas really before, it's a it's a great program that is very powerful and to me it's very easy to use. I never used it before because my whole philosophy was if I got Google Classroom why would I use this? So and if I ever badmouth Canvas, it was more because why would I use that when I got this great free tool here? So, but it, it's a struggle right now for a lot of people. It's going to continue to be a struggle and you just if you need to vent, kind of like we've all been doing here for the last almost 45 minutes, you got to let it go. You can't let it bottle up. Okay. Say what you need to say and learn from it and move on. Okay. If, if we don't do that, it's just going to get worse and people are going to get more and more stressed. As stressed as I am right now with trying to build things in Canvas and help other people build their things in Canvas and all the other stuff that's going on with learning what we need to do with lessons, I'm very fortunate to admit that my biggest concern right now is the headaches I've been getting at the end of the day after staring at a screen for eight hours, okay? Bradford, you said it perfectly about how getting up and moving around every now and then, I have to be better about that. And then what I also find myself doing is not drinking enough water when I'm sitting there. Towards the end of the day, I realize that 
I initially had put say four bottles of water on my desk with me and I drank like half of one because I'm sitting here with a fan and the air conditioning going and I don't necessarily feel thirsty because I'm not sitting here sweating like I would be if I was moving around or something. So between getting up and getting away from my screen more often and drinking more water, I'm going to be a lot better off. So I definitely recommend that for everybody. So, but we just, you know, and that word grace comes up. We just have to have some grace with our colleagues too. There's going to be some people that are frustrated or you're going to think to yourself, why can't this person just do what they need to do or stop complaining about learning this program, have some grace with your colleagues too, because we're all in this struggle together. So anyway, so yeah. Um, if you want to check out that blog post to get the full story, it's at andersonedtech.net. Uh, again, it's called when things don't go as planned. And um, yeah, it, it was based off of that camping trip that we attempted to do, but it just didn't turn out. So. Now, I would love to hear from Kat because you know, we were t chatting a little bit earlier on and you had some really strong opinions about a lot of things that we were talking about. Um, and, and, be and because, because you and Adam are, you know, wrote a book about coaching, when you coach, you also have to make sure that the teachers you're coaching are comfortable with you. You have to make sure that they trust you and that they know you have their back, right? When, when they know you have their back, you are, you're golden with them. Um, so what, what, is, what are you you know, talking about with dress code or being, for, be, being asked to teach from the classroom or, or anything we've talked about um, because your opinion really matters because there's a lot of teacher leaders that follow you. So what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I have a lot of mixed emotions right now and I've been doing quite a bit of venting um, kind of, you know, uh, not in public, um, so to speak. I work with a lot of districts. Um, I work with a lot of teachers and especially these last couple of, actually this, yeah, the last couple of weeks, I have been just saddened and angered at so many things. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I am seeing the stress and the anxiety on these teachers' faces um, as I'm working with them. And I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm uh, angered in a lot of things that are um, not just them, but, you know, things that are happening um, for myself and colleagues as well. But seeing these teachers is just killing me. Um, the fact that they're just not treat, uh, I feel like they feel like they're not valued. They're not treated as professionals in some instances. And so yeah, I feel like that's, a, that's affecting me as well. Um, and so there's, like Adam said, like has been said a lot, you've got to treat individuals um, as professionals and as um, those with individual needs. We do this with our students. We do this with our students. We say, you know what? What is it that you need from me? How can I support you? I can't give all of my students the exact same thing. You all are different you're all different people. You came from different backgrounds. You have, you can't, you can't do this one size fits all approach. And I, I just see all this anxiety on these teachers faces as they are doing what they can to support their students. And I have not yet met one teacher in, in those that I work with. There has been not one teacher that wants to reach their students and is doing absolutely everything that they believe is in their power to do so. But when you um, 
do not give, when you stress teachers out by not allowing them to figure out how they can support their health, the health of their family, the childcare needs that they have, when you are not being attentive to that, when you're not even listening or giving reasons why you're denying quests, and they do all this work to do research, to find out what are the laws, what are my rights, what can I do here, what does the state say, and then you deny without giving any reasons whatsoever, what you're saying is, I don't respect you as a person, I don't respect that you have a brain, and you need to just do what I say. And I'm not even gonna tell you why, it's my right as your employer to say, say whatever it happens to be um, that I'm denying. And so I just, um, it's, it's very upsetting, and not, this isn't happening everywhere. Uh, there, there are organizations that are really um, supporting their teachers, um, but I feel like we, we just, we've got it, like you said, we're in a global pandemic. You can't do things as you did them before. Um, and I also think, you know, I did a, um, I ran some sessions, um, for um, administrators recently in my county. And I showed some um, articles and videos about how the world of work is changing and how there are organizations, there are businesses that are saying, we realize that for some individuals, it is better for them to work from home. Now that is not the case for everybody. But the world is changing. And I feel like in many instances, education is far behind. Education is not treating us as professionals. I read an article from someone that um, was in the medical industry. And she said, as long as I get my job done, I was good. My hours were flexible. I traveled all over the country. I never had a boss check on me and make sure I was doing my work. I got my job done. I was golden. And then I came into education. And all of a sudden, I'm being checked on like a child. We are professionals. We have brains. If I'm not doing my job, by all means, come in and tell me, you know what, we need to talk. This isn't working. Let me find out how we can make sure that you're able to do your job. But if I'm doing my job, get off my, get off, get off. Let me do my job. Let me be productive. And if I know that I'm not productive the way you're telling me I have to be, then stop, or I am going to leave. And that's what teachers are going to do. They're going to say, you know what? I'm gone. I am gone. You read any leadership book. You read about intrinsic motivation. And what do you have to give teachers? What do you have to give any of your employees? You have to give them autonomy. You have to treat them as individuals. Or you're your culture is going to fall into the toilet, and your productivity is going to plummet. And so I am extremely incensed and angered and saddened by a lot of what's going on, not around the world, not around the country, not around the state, not around my region. But I just feel like we are so stuck in this top-down controlled culture sometimes. And that is not what is best for people. And my goodness, we are in a freaking global pandemic. There are people losing their jobs. They're, they will lose their homes once all of these rent and you know eviction things are done. Like, you've gotta be kidding me. You have no idea what people are going through. And if you don't take the time as a leader to ask and you just say, this is the way it is, figure it out. I, sorry, you're going to lose people. They're going to leave. So if leaders are, they have a book called The Traditional Campus, right? If they read that book and there's an answer for every situation in the traditional campus, let's say it was written in 1930. 
They've been going by that book. And guess what? There is no chapter on what to do during a global pandemic. There's none. So throw out your book. Throw it out. It should have been thrown out a long time ago. Throw out your book and write your own chapter. And the chapter needs to be written for your teachers and your teachers alone. What works for your district won't work for another district. You have to write your own chapter, people. Because right now, I think people are scared that if they don't do it exactly the same, chaos will ensue. If we don't tell students how to dress, it's going to be like Animal House, and they're going to be wearing whatever they want, and they're going to be wearing togas. It's going to be chaos. If we don't tell <laughs> teachers when they have to teach, they're going to go crazy and drink all day and think it's a party. <laughs> Knock it off, people. Knock it off. Kids will yeah. be kids, but they will be kids and they will learn. Why are you thinking towards the worst possible situation and acting that way? Change yeah. people. You're Change right. Bradford, it sounds like you're, 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 yeah. you're like, like what I said. I do. And you know what? And I, Kat, I'm going to piggyback off of you. First and foremost, this is what I, I, I got to say too. And uh, I guess because yesterday I was kind of at the end of my rope and I don't know if my friends listen, uh, listen to my coworker. His, his name is actually Brad. Um, but I'm going to actually pub publicly apologize to him because of some things that I, we had talked about yesterday and he probably will know what I'm talking about, but I will say this first and foremost, the position that I'm in is new and I'm learning my position and, um, with learning that position, it's leadership, but all of us are in this digital space, this, uh, digital learning specialist, ed tech, whatever. But our position is very unique as we're coaches and we see things from a global perspective. And we build this trust with our teachers. It's very different from a principal, superintendent, skill specialist, whatever, um, because we have no real tie to any type of, um, what do you call it? Uh, that they evaluation to them at the end of the year. We're just there to support. And so um, there were some, we had some, uh, we had uh, some chit chat yesterday and I won't get, I won't get into it because uh, I want to keep that kind of confidential, but uh, long story short, um, we, uh, as as our team delivers messages, no matter if it's something that we've created or something that our district wants us to deliver, that's not something that we've done. Like you said, Kat, teachers are very vulnerable right now. So if a district says, hey team, we want you to deliver the message, we, even though we know you didn't create it, we need you to deliver it. Um, teachers are coming at you with 3,000 questions that you just don't know the answer to. And we don't want to say tough, we don't know, but uh, these teachers who know us and trust us very well, they know that you have these, they think you you have these answers because we are so close, we're closer to them than quite frankly, the administrators are because we've built those relationships. And so they'll come to us going, well, why, 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 and, and, we are trying to give the best answers possible. And 
my coworker wanted those answers and, and I tried to give those best answers possible from that leadership perspective. And I know that wasn't good enough for, for him because I'm learning this role myself. And I know he checked me and very respectfully, he checked me. And I need for people to check me. Sometimes you just need for people to check you. And I talked about that in, in my eSports EDU chat because the people around you that are close to you, they need to check you sometimes. And I was, I was taken, taken back by it. And that's why I'm publicly apologizing for the conversation. We didn't go toe-to-toe like that, but it was one of those things where, you know, like you said, Kat, teachers are very vulnerable right now and they just need to be heard and they need, they don't need the right answers at that particular time. They just need to be heard with what is going on and they need to be able to know that whatever, what, whatever is being put out there is putting out there for their support and it needs to be communicated the right way and are they being checked on uh for their social emotional well-being and it's not about just we've got to just check mark something off the box because we just gotta do it and so that's why i felt that what you said was very uh what really resonated with me about um checking in with teachers in their in their social emotional well-being and what our role is as digital leaders because we're the i feel like we're the only ones that see things from that global perspective that no other no other position in education does it's not about the google classroom or the canvas or the tool we just see things differently uh from an instructional lens that teachers just respect so they they know that they they think that we have all the answers and quite frankly we really don't and that's okay but we just built that trust in them and so i came with it i for some reason i came to him with just this whatever answer and it wasn't it wasn't a shot at him or whatever but it was because he was tired because the teachers were tired Everybody was tired and it affected him because it affected the teachers. It was just like, I don't know how to, it was like a cancer was just growing and nobody seems to be listening. And that was the problem. That was what he was telling me. Like, and I didn't have the answer to be honest with you because I couldn't give it. But what he was telling me was nobody is listening right now. And even if it's on a Google Doc and it's been put out there and the miscommunication is still not connecting because the leaders somehow are still not communicating even on the Google Doc with what it, the plan is, he was telling me nobody is listening and we're still delivering a message that still is not very clear. And it's a problem. And it seems to be a problem everywhere and we just want to be able to support our teachers clearly the best that we can and if we're going to deliver a message we want to make sure that the message is very clear whether it comes from us or from somebody else because if it's coming from us and it's not uh, something that we created they feel like it's us and that's going to be a problem. And I was like, wow. 
okay, I get it. I get it. So that's why when you said that, I'm like, okay, I got to take a step back in publicly. And he's probably not even listening to this. But uh, <laughs> I have to publicly make that statement because it's one of those things where you got to check yourself sometimes. You have to check yourself and the people around you. You know, it's, it's frustrating because school for a lot of people hasn't even started yet and they're already worn out. Normally in a normal year, you start fresh and rejuvenated and excited. And a lot of people are worn out and frustrated and anxious. And that's not a good way to start the year. We need to make sure leadership are calming nerves, not creating more nerves. We need to make sure leadership is listening to our experts on campus who can help. Too many times we rely on titles over competence. We rely on titles over our experts. Our ed tech coaches are experts in this field. And if superintendents are not coming to their experts, that's a problem. If they're making decisions without consulting their experts, that's a problem. And whether it's due to pride of asking somebody quote unquote lower than them, or it's because they're lower than them, they may not have the idea of what they want to do, go to your experts, people. And the analogy that I've been giving is baseball, right? Let's say that the manager of the team is the superintendent. He knows what the position coaches are doing, the base running coaches are doing, the batting coaches are doing. He knows how to put all that together and to make a great team. But what about, what if it's only, what if baseball was, well, it was canceled for a little bit, but what if baseball was canceled and the only thing that was there was the home run derby? Are you going to just say, I know everything, or are you going to go to your batting coach? I'm like, look, you're the expert in this. I'm going to rely on you. All we have is home run derby. There's no outfielders. There's no outs. It's just home runs. I'm going to rely on you because you're the expert in that field. I may be the head coach, but I'm going to defer to you. That's what we need our superintendents, our area superintendents, our principals. Just rely on your experts, right? And don't, and, and, and don't have any trepidation about doing that because of, quote, unquote, they're lower than you. Because right now, they are high up on the list of people you should be buying coffee for. Joel, I'm, I'm glad you said that because <clears throat> the, the spirit of what you just said, it, it, um, it applies so much to uh, – to our role as uh, as ed tech coaches in in this uh, in this world that we live in, is because when as we support teachers, we have to do the same thing. We need if we don't honor each individual teacher's experience that we're that, that we are coaching, then the the same mistake is going to get made. So if you come in like I'm the expert and I I'm top down, I know all this stuff and I'm going to fix you, you it's not, you're not going to get anything done. So if you come in say and you build that relationship, like you know what, how long you've been teaching or what's your experience. And in honor of what 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 they've done and what they've accomplished, and then you 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 uh, weave in your expertise within that. It's gonna it's gonna your your coaching is gonna be so much more effective. And and, and really, you, what I've been really trying to do is honor what they did in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know what were you re what were you really good at? What were you passionate about? Oh well, you know I used to do these projects, and the kids would do art. Hey, that's cool. You know what? You can still do that. Kids can take a picture of their work, right? Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, like 
keep doing the stuff you're amazing at. Oh, I used to use whiteboards all the time and it was great because I could see all the kids answers. How am I going to do that? No problem. Webcam, you know, you can Keyboard. still do this. And so um, I, I think it's important, like Adam said, to honor not just, you know, their experience and get to know them, but what are you good at? Because we can leverage that. And as an ed tech coach, I can show you, you were great at building relationships. Great. How did you do that in the classroom? Perfect. You had kids talk to each other. They asked these questions. Let's bet on Flipgrid. Oh, I didn't know about Flipgrid. Perfect. So I agree that you've got, but that's about making sure you ask those questions and honor those teachers. Just like you were saying. I mean, it's, it's about saying, I need to know what are these teach. I need to make them feel comfortable. I need to listen to them, you know? Absolutely. So I, I like what you said, Bradford, that people want to feel heard. I, I've heard, I don't remember where the quote is from, but if, and it's said in so many leadership books, as a leader, sometimes you have to make tough decisions that not everyone's gonna like. And that's the reality. But if you don't give your people and they are your people. And if you're not taking care of them, you're not a good leader. But if your people don't feel heard, if they feel that you don't even want to listen to them, when you make that decision, you're gonna get a heck of a lot more resistance and pushback. If they feel like, you know what? I was heard, they said they listened to me, but this is the decision that had to be made and they give a reason, then they're gonna be a lot more likely to follow you. And to have, you know, to, to support you as a leader. Like, Joe, you, you talked about how, you know, these leadership should be uh, consulting these experts first. Um, you know, from a tech coach perspective, I believe every teacher I serve is an expert in something. They, and I need to honor that first of all, if I'm going to get them to, to go along with what I'm trying to do. Um, I, I'm thinking of a math teacher that I've been working with for years, um, very old school but very good at building that rapport with students. And, you know, a lot of times we say stay away from lecture, but this teacher is very good at that as teaching in that kind of old school manner and very effective at it. And totally was freaking out when we go to distance learning. And the first thing I said, hey, you remember how good you are at, at doing those live lessons? And you know what, I'm gonna put you on YouTube. You're gonna become a YouTube teacher. And all those lessons are gonna go on YouTube and I'm gonna provide you with all the tools to kind of take what you were really good at and now we're gonna make it online and there was some trepidation at first, but now I get text messages all the time bragging about, check, check out my channel, check out my channel. I have so many videos on there. And it's because now she's not afraid of, 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 of distance learning anymore because I went to her first with, this is what I know you're good at. And I honored that her expertise in, in, in that skill set. And now she's flourishing. So it's, uh, it's, it's been great to see that huge, huge coaching win right there. Yeah, you guys are good at this. You should write a book on, on something like this. Um, so, you know, and, and, and I, you know, I say all the time, teaching is a collaborative sport, right? And if you're doing it alone, you're doing it wrong. Teaching is like the Avengers. You, everybody has their specialty. And when you combine them together, you have a great experience. Grab your content specialist, grab your pedagogy specialist, grab your ed tech specialist, grab your, um, your, your teachers that are good at telling stories, grab your teachers who are good at explaining things and mash everybody together and have everybody contribute to each other to create the whole teacher, right? And that's the way we need to think about it. It's, it's not about us, it's about the students. And every teacher can contribute to something new to another teacher. 
And if we're willing to learn something new, learning to pivot a little bit, learning to take what we know as our strengths and empower our learning from the side of our strengths first, that's what's going to help people get through this. And leaders need to rely on that strength. Leaders need to rely on their teacher's expertise and their professionalism and their connection to rely on that first, not play box towards the learning process. Can you, the first time a meets you, because you're a stranger at that point, the first time a meets you, they hear you read a dress Sounds like uh, Joe froze, but guess what? That happens in the classroom too and on meetings, doesn't it? So we just yeah, keep Yeah, absolutely. On so you know, that's the reality. Rule yeah. We have rates. Kind of like that whole thing about with my blog post when things don't go as planned. We did not plan for Joe to freeze and get all garbled right here. So I'm not even going to edit this out because this is a great lesson based off of the whole thing that we were talking about this entire time about things not going as planned and, you know, I could vent about it right now. I could just go off about how angry I am now about how Joe's internet connection got garbled and everything, but I'm just going to take it in stride and, and give Joe a little bit of grace and not blame him for everything that just happened with that. And we did that on purpose. We did yeah. that on purpose so you can <laughs> yeah. see that's what happens. But you know, that's, that's all we wanted to do. We want to make sure teachers feel they are backed up, feel that they can empower their strengths and incorporate something new into a different way. We just wanna make sure teachers feel that they are backed up, treated as professionals, and that, that, that they know how to lead their class uh, and build that community within. So in closing, I wanna say this. Question everything right now, teachers. Just question it, just ask why. Hey, we're gonna do dress code, okay, why? Oh, we want to make this seem like as much as school as possible, but they're in their room. It's not as much as school as possible. How about we make it as comfortable for them to learn as possible? Hey, we're going we're gonna to make them keep their, their webcam on. Why? So that we can see each other. Well, what if they don't want you to see them yet? What if they're not comfortable with that yet? How about we build the culture first, and then they'll want to turn on their webcam? Hey, you have to teach from the classroom. Okay, why? What's the reasoning behind it? Can't I do everything at home? Question. Just question it. Ask why. Because you'll find out a lot of times it's just because they're trying to do this. They can't let go of the past. The future. And there he goes again with and that. So we're going to wrap things up at this point and say thank you for being a part of the EdTech Army and thank you for listening. And until we see you again, have a little bit of grace, learn something, de-stress yourself, and drink more water. Have a good one. Everybody.